Hello, I'm Ryan Boll, a Stratfor Middle East and North Africa analyst at Rain. This podcast is brought to you by Worldview, Rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up for our free newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. The administration of U.S. President Joe Biden has declared that corruption threatens United States national security, economic equity, global anti-poverty and development efforts, and democracy itself. Its strategy includes curbing illicit finance and leveraging foreign assistance resources to achieve anti-corruption policy goals. So... What are these goals, and what might they mean for Latin America and the Caribbean? Carmen Colosi, who is Stratford Latin America analyst at RAIN, is here with details. Welcome, Carmen. Thanks so much for having me, Emily. So can you tell me what has the Biden administration done to prioritize anti-corruption efforts? Of course. As you noted, the Biden administration has identified fighting corruption as a pillar of his foreign policy response. This is really in tandem with the World Economic Forum uncovering that roughly $2 trillion are lost each year to corruption, with, of course, the developing world bearing the brunt of that cost. So what Biden has done so far are three key things. First, in June, he declared corruption a national security priority. And then Biden put into his 2022 fiscal budget a request of $50 million for a rapid response effort to take advantage of, you know, this critical window of opportunity, which is what the Biden administration calls it, to fight corruption. Finally, just a few days ago, the Biden administration released its U.S. strategy on countering corruption, which outlines five strategic pillars that the Biden administration is hoping to implement to counter corruption worldwide. These pillars are increasing coordination and resources, curbing illicit financing, holding corrupt actors accountable, strengthening multilateral anti-corruption architecture, and improving diplomatic engagement. Now, that's the general picture. Looking a little bit closer at Latin America, The Biden administration has released a list of 55 corrupt and undemocratic actors in Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. That happened back in July, and that was basically a measure to revoke the U.S. visas of these actors in these countries. So why the focus on these Northern Triangle countries? So the White House is really looking at these countries For one, because they have an unusually high amount of corruption. And two, because it's part of the White House's broader effort to address the root causes of migration, much of which comes from these three countries. So, Carmen, how will this impact governments in Latin America? So, there are two key things here. First is that we are likely to see a lot more sanctions on corrupt individuals. And the second is that in some countries, we could see a politicization of anti-corruption activities. I'm going to break this down into two categories. 
The first are cooperative countries, so countries that are amenable to working with the U.S. on these issues. So these kind of countries would likely see, you know, the ability to improve information sharing with the U.S. through bilateral agreements, and also the U.S. would work with, you know, regional governments to make corruption a political issue. A really great example of this is in Honduras. So we have the president-elect Xiomara Castro, and she is already requesting that the United Nations、um, aid the country in its anti-corruption efforts. So that's a key、um, country that we will be looking at to see how will the U.S. pander to a favorable government, and how are they going to be able to、um, increase things like you know information sharing agreements and you know potentially.、Um, You know agreements on other areas such as infrastructure in exchange for, you know, the country's anti-corruption efforts. The second group are these adversarial countries, so countries that are not interested in collaborating with the U.S. on these kind of issues. How the U.S. is likely to go about this is to finance local journalists, to finance local NGOs. And different media outlets that are dedicated to exposing domestic corruption, as well as sanctioning high-level government officials. A really good example of this kind of country would be something like El Salvador, where we have a government that is、um, currently experiencing very high tensions with the U.S. and doesn't want to collaborate with the United States on these kind of high-level issues. So. In these kind of countries, the effect of the U.S. pressure on anti-corruption could lead to increased foreign agent laws, where we have, you know, countries saying that they are going to monitor the financing of, you know, again these journalists, NGOs, and media outlets, and potentially、uh, prosecute them if they are deemed to be collaborating with a quote foreign agent. And we could also see these domestic.、Um, Anti-corruption investigations against U.S. companies as retribution, really, for、um, the U.S. continuing to push for anti-corruption in the countries that aren't so favorable to it. Well, then,、um, getting a little nitty-gritty here, how will this impact regional tax haven countries? Regional tax havens have been breeding grounds for corruption in Latin America for a long time. So places like Panama and different Caribbean islands, such as Anguilla, the Cayman Islands, the Bahamas, Bermuda, the British Virgin Islands. You know, these are places that charge little to no corporate income tax, and so that makes them really attractive places for corruption, such as money laundering or even tax evasion,、um, and especially for governments that are hoping to hide, you know, certain assets.、Um, You know these countries are really going to be a front for this anti-corruption effort. So the U.S. will try to push for increased transparency through coordination with different regional institutions. Two that come to top of mind right now are the Organization of American States, which the U.S. is a part of and can push, you know, for different things such as、um, information sharing agreements. Or increased anti-corruption efforts on a domestic level, and there is also the Caribbean community, better known as CARICOM, which the U.S. is not a part of, but does have、um, 
you know, shall we say, the ear of several member states. So the U.S. is also likely to advocate for these measures through diplomatic channels in tax haven countries. So, Carmen, let's talk about the effectiveness of this. I mean, how effective can this actually be? That's a great question. Um, U.S. efforts are not going to be able to end corruption in the region overnight. Um, Increased U.S. resources and investigation can help create transparency, but that will most likely be the most effective where domestic governments are already amenable. If a government puts out something like a foreign agents law or something that is really going to stand in the way of a lot of these efforts, it will make things really difficult. Suffice it to say that progress will take years of work. Thank you for that analysis, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Carmen Colosi is Stratfor Latin America analyst at RAIN. The United States' relationship with its regional neighbors plays an important role in global geopolitics. Sign up for Worldview and stay ahead of the news from the region. Our analysts are always looking at what happens next. Visit stratfor.com to subscribe. That's stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.